That one's mine! Orange, you glad I didn't say banana? This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. It's Nathan, Scott, and GJ here. We got the full group because we couldn't possibly discuss this any other way. This is the Slayers of Karak Kadrin. We are continuing our never-ending look at the Storm of Chaos, the 2004 summer campaign that is first in everyone's hearts. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me yet again. This is it. This is the kind of iconic army from this book. I think this is mm-hmm. the one that everyone thinks of. It's full of character, and we are going to go through it today, hit on all of the unique, fun units, uh, give our thoughts on the army list itself, and if we have time, we might even uh, do some scenarios, but that's probably not going to happen. We're going to jump right into things here because we have limited time again this week. And gentlemen, at page 61, we get into the Slayers of Karak Kadrin, the wonderful army of dwarven lunatics. And we may as well start at this very first section here because our cover art for this army is something a little bit different than the rest of the book. The rest of the book is very dark, very 6th edition art, beautiful stuff, but a very different feel. For this section, Games Workshop, in their infinite wisdom, decided to go back to 4th edition uh, to give us the cover of Grudge of Drong, which is an incredible art piece. It is wild and colorful. We've got four slayers here just looking every bit as... Uh, violent psychopaths, as I'm sure they are. There's lightning on the ground for reasons that I can't even explain. How do we? How do we like this one? I I love the fact that they just like no this this art piece is perfect. Let's just stick it in here. It's from like I guess at that point at least ten years prior to that because yeah. I think it's around ninety four. And yeah, I I love this because it still works so well. You you flip to this page and you're just like oh man, <laughs> I forgot how much I love this piece. I like to think that the art is based on the model range because those Slayers came out in 5th edition, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the majority yeah. of the Slayer army is still from that Hero still Hammer era. Fifth. But, you know, it, I found the Dwarf army is interesting like that because they have... They kept a similar aesthetic until, you know, later 8th edition mm. the whole way through. And inspired by the kind of art like this that you're talking about the bright bright colors the orange hair it's it's really cool like who's got somebody's got a tattoo of this somewhere in the world (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i was saying before the show that i would love to see it painted on the side of a van it's that kind of art piece right it's just that wild style yeah it's it's very energetic uh, the way it's it's painted it's, you've got all those axes flying. You've got a lot of emotion in the faces. Uh, just those wild, deranged looks. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't crazy enough, I'm just realizing there are volcanoes erupting in the background. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's so, like, you're trying to even picture the rest of this scene. And it's just, it's something yeah. out of some kind of 80s fever dream. And I absolutely love yeah. it. It's super cool. Yeah. You, you don't even see what they're fighting. 
No, no, you don't. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? No, it <laughs> really? doesn't. Like, uh, I'm sure it, it doesn't matter to them. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're just gonna get them. Uh, I love how ornate the dwarfs are, though. They're still like they're covered in in kind of gemstone jewelry and and interesting pieces, and yeah, it just the, the yeah. whole thing of it is is just really really fun. It was but, released in '96, by the way. '96. Uh, That's yeah. so much later than I thought. Wow. Yeah, it's it's um, fourth edition of Warhammer was released in '92, and the dwarfs, I right. think, not long after that. Mm-hmm. But the uh, campaign packs were during the fifth edition era, if I remember yeah. correctly. So it's '96 onwards. Yeah. Say so that's interesting because I always think of those campaign packs. I always think of them as earlier than that. But I guess they're not because you had something like Perilous Quest for Bretonian. Bretonia, of course, released yeah, first thing edition, at 5th yeah. uh, edition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, boy. I feel sorry for the dwarves in Grudge of Drong then because I wonder if they were going up against the 5th edition high elves because that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a, a bit it's of an a uphill battle. Good question. But, mm-hmm. uh, I think it, most, of, it, didn't it, the, most of the dwarf armies in... Fourth and fifth struggle because of movement two or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That the movement three was not kind in, yeah. in earlier eras. Yeah, not that it ever became kind, but yeah, uh, you know, you had a few more things to mitigate that in later eras. Well, guys, let's start things off here and talk a little bit about our background for our our slayers here. We've been going through, and if you've listened to the three previous parts here we've kind of been piecing together the story section by section of what all of the factions are doing in the storm of chaos and the dwarves uh, as we mentioned before there was a dwarf contingent that met up with Valton and uh, also Teclis so there was this uh, great meeting of the men elves and dwarves and one of the things that the dwarf high king promised the empire during this meeting was that the dwarves would hold the passes to the east so that Vardek Krom couldn't do his fun little pincer maneuver and uh, invade kind of the the south eastern portion of the empire while they were fighting in the north. The dwarves had the perfect man or dwarf for the job and so this fell to the dwarves of Karak Kadrin, otherwise known as Slayer Keep. And because this was a perfect opportunity, quite frankly, for Slayers to meet their mighty doom in battle, uh, we got this wonderful army that has, that has formed in Karak Kadrin and is now not even holding the pass, but actually just marching to get yeah. to, <laughs> to Krom and his army as fast as to possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I as fast as possible for dwarves. For dwarves, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is sneaky fast, this army. Yeah. Uh, for dwarves yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. This is really cool. In this in these sections, we actually get a lot of fun background as to how the dwarfs of Karak Kadrin became Slayer like the Slayer Keep. And it all stems back to Ungrim Ironfist, who is the current Slayer King. His uh, five times great-grandsire, so for dwarves who live, I think, somewhere between 200 and 300 years old on average, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, that's a long time. Yeah. So we actually, we, we don't learn what happened necessarily to the first Slayer King, King Baragor, 
although it's speculated that it might have been the death of his daughter at the claws of a dragon, uh, Skaladrak, uh, as she was on her way to marry the son of the High King at Karazakrak. But that's, that is speculation. It's not recorded anywhere. But for whatever reason, Baragor was the first Slayer King, and he found himself in a bit of a predicament because he had dual oaths. His Slayer Oath, which said that he had to seek out death in battle, and his oath as a king, which said that he had to protect his people and, and guide them. And it was very hard for him to make these two things work. One of the things that he did to sort of appease his honor and find a middle ground between these, these dueling uh, priorities was that he set up the Shrine of Grimir, uh, which is also the Shrine of Slayers in Karak Kadrin, and made generous donations to the cult uh, est and established a haven, uh, a place for slayers from all over the Dwarven realms. And this gave them kind of a home, whereas before that they were usually solitary wanderers just, you know, looking to fight things. Mm -hmm. Do you so, know, by the way, when this happened, Nathan? Mm-hmm. What's that? Imperial calendar minus 650. Minus so 650, okay. 650 years before uh, uh, Sigmar. Wow. The Empire. Wow, okay. So I think my uh, dwarf lifespan estimation there was a little short. <laughs> yeah, either that um, or there are conflicting. But you said on here. average, and I think maybe they're calculating dying in battle as part of that. Average. That could be. I mean, it's yeah. a violent place, the Warhammer <laughs> yeah. world, so. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great story, and it's it's one of the more interesting parts of dwarf lore. Dwarves have great lore. Honestly, dwarves are pretty much, I think, the gold standard when it comes to Warhammer fantasy for models, lore, and occasionally rules. Less so rules than the other two, but Games Workshop really made dwarves one of the, the most interesting and, and well-fleshed-out factions, and this is kind of giving us some some needed clarity on the slayer cult which is is really fun so the the first slayer king he dies with his oath unfulfilled Oof, uh because yeah yeah it's, it's unfortunate he died in a tunnel cave-in and so this gets passed down his line and this is now the fifth generation which is ungrim iron fist however ungrim by the time that Storm of Chaos is happening, he has his own son named Garagrim. And Garagrim has a bit of an idea. He's devised a means by which the kings of Karak Kadrin can get rid of this Slayer Oath, that they can fulfill it finally. He knows that the Slayer vow is going to pass to him upon his father's death. So he takes on the Slayer vow early because he has none of those kingly vows to hold him back. Right. And because of that, he is able to, and because of the, the familiar ties between him and Ungrim Ironfist, he is able to, to take the, the, that family Slayer oath. And if he should die and fulfill this oath, then... Finally, this is, this is done after five generations and the king can just go back to being a normal king, uh, which is really interesting. He, he actually takes on a ceremonial title of war mourner, 
it was an old rank that was used by the High King's champions. And it was the War Mourners act, uh, it was the War Mourners duty to act as in the king's stead. So he would represent the king on the battlefield, kind of like being someone's champion, right? Yeah. And in this way, yeah, he can take on this Slayer's vow. Now, he's got not just uh, Garagrim going, going around and, and leading some Slayers. This is pretty much, we get the sense that this is pretty much every Slayer in the Dwarven realms that has traveled to Karak Kadrin as the storm of chaos kind of breaks across the world. And they have an army of thousands, which is absolutely wild. That's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, and I know the dwarves aren't, the dwarves like the elves are always said to be kind of a, a faction or a race on the decline, right? There's, exactly. there's far less of them yep. than there were. But sometimes I forget just the absolute monstrosity of the scale of the Warhammer world. So even though you have a, a fading race like the, the dwarves, there must be just millions of them for there to be thousands of slayers at any one time, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it just has to be. The, the numbers don't work otherwise, unless you have, like, one out of every three dwarves has taken the slayer oath for whatever reason. I was reason. just going to say, yeah. the, the Warhammer world getting more and more chaotic. Yeah, yeah, that could probably, be. <laughs> they, they, have, they must have somewhere in a book the statistical uh, increase in uh, slayer oaths taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we get this wonderful situation where there is a monstrous army of dwarf slayers marching north to just completely surprise Krom and his army. And it's pretty great because nothing would surprise me more, honestly, if I was some kind of chaos general just marching through the mountains than having this giant orange wave of naked dwarves <laughs> with axes just, yeah. just bear down on me. Like, what would you think about that? You'd just be like, what, is this a bit? Like, what are you guys, what are you guys <laughs> doing? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because you have to think that, you know, uh, most of these chaos generals spend their time fighting in the chaos wastes. And at most you're going to encounter, what, some chaos dwarves, right? But that's very different. You march down south and you're expecting to, you know, find these these soft humans of the Empire. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of four foot tall orange psychopaths just blocking your way. And you're just, that are naked. Oh, okay, like, is this normal? Yeah. Like, you'd want to ask the, like, the local orcs or something. It's like, have you, have you seen this before? Is this, do they do this? Like, yeah. <laughs> Does this usually happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this section because it's almost a little bit like what we were talking about last episode, GJ with Grimgor really just getting in on the action because he didn't want to miss the fight of the century. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit like this for the, the Slayer the cult, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, a, ah, finally we've got a, something worthy to fight. Yeah. Uh, we can get our oaths fulfilled in one fell swoop. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty fantastic. But, but it also reminds me a little bit about what happened earlier with uh, Karl Franz, where he basically says to Voltan, well, you can be the religious leader and I'll be the uh, like governmental leader. And uh, here you can have the hammer. I'll, I'll take my toothpicker and uh, <laughs> we'll just fight side by side. 
Mm. It's, it's the same with uh, Ungram and Garagram. Just, just this like loophole in the laws that they have imposed upon themselves that allows them to basically uh, get it both ways. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And were they're they're kind of a fun pair. I don't think you'd ever take them together in the same army unless you were playing a massive game, but that is a that is a really good point. Well, they, they are I, both a single lord choice and and one of them is an extra hero choice. So you only need a 3000 point game to field them. That's true. That's true. Now they are a significant chunk of your 3000 points, but we yeah, we, <laughs> we will get to them, but <laughs> it would be it would be pretty great. And uh neither of them are pushovers, so No. Yeah. I get the It's funny after I've never played against the Slayer army since, you know, 2004. The first time I faced them was, you know, last month when we did or 2 months ago, was it now? Uh when we did this the uh, campaign, Storm of Chaos campaign, Shane brought his Slayer army. Uh, we can talk more about it when we get into the units because we're in awe looking at the them on paper here. If you ever see them on the battlefield, oh man, it's everything you can imagine. They're just, they don't, they don't run away. <laughs> yeah. It sure it, is. It's hard on your head when you're trying to like, usually you're thinking, okay, if I do this, I can break break this unit and hopefully like overrun or pursue it doesn't work like that for them no you have whole to different kill game. them all yeah oh it's frustrating and that's a really tough thing sometimes when you're when you're making battle plans in your head yeah when you think about charging a unit in say like a unit of shock cavalry or something normally you're thinking okay what can i break in a single yeah. turn i can overrun but everything every combat you get into with these dwarves is a commitment yeah like you're there until yeah. they're dead or you're dead <laughs> or you flee and it really can mess up pretty much everything for you it's it's really fun i've i've actually got a fair amount of experience playing against this army because nice one of uh my friends a long time ago had this was one of two armies he had he had ogres and he had these guys and this was during 8th Ed, so the Ogres were just hateful to play against sometimes. So yeah. we'd, we'd break them out as a, as a break from, from the Ogres. Oh, yes. I and remember you mentioning that Yeah, before. yeah. And yeah. so I had, uh, had a lot of fun playing against this army. It's, it's, wild. it's such a spectacle on the battlefield, too. It's one of those armies where you look at it, like oh, the Bretonians, right? You look at this and you just want yeah. to know more, right? If, you're, if you see them, it was the first thing that you had ever seen as a Warhammer game. You'd just be like, what are these? Like, what if are these little crazy guys? I love it. If you're what part are these of the, and where can I get them? Mm -hmm. If you're part of the Orchard on Facebook, just go down to our some of our games. And uh, I took pictures of the of our game there, Shane and I. I took the army of Sylvania versus him. Wow. Yeah. Really cool looking game. All right. Shall we take a look at the first of our special characters? Yep. The man himself. The man himself. We start off dwarf with himself. <laughs> Ungrim Iron Fist, the Slayer King of Karak Kadrin. So he takes Talking up... Talking about 4th edition models, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, this yeah. is a fresh paint Beautiful. job they gave him here. Yeah. I, I, oh, I noticed. Nice. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, something a little bit more modern than his... Uh, same model, but uh, a more modern paint job for, for the era. And 
he's a wonderful model. He's got a classic pose that that classic, you know, uh, are weapons to the side kind of thing. The two part molds that that they the had dragon. to do in the, the early days. Yeah. But he is he's a he's a lovely, lovely model. So I painted I didn't know who he was. I bought him way back and um, I still I have a hard time because it, it was one of my earlier paint jobs. And I think it's back then it's still pretty good. It holds up. But I painted his beard and hair white, and I'm like, I could easily turn this orange, but it's I can't get my brush to do it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's one of those original paint jobs that, and sometimes like I've touched up a lot of old paint jobs. This one I'm having a hard time. Mm. The model's so cool. Um, painting beards and dwarfs is really fun anyway, but he's got he's got it going everywhere. He's got a lot yeah. of hair. Yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of hair. Yeah. But there's only one thing for it, Scott. Grab yourself another engram. That's smart, yeah. That actually does sound like the best way to <laughs> do that. Is, that. is that an easy task? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I, I'm just looking at the model and I'm picturing him with white hair, but he'd make a fantastic generic character too, which is what well, I assume you did yeah. with him, eh? And that's exactly... I, oh, man. And it's funny too, because like what you were saying with the weapon... I have to put him on the side of the unit because he won't rank up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. I never thought yeah. about that. But yeah, he's he going to put his up. axe right into the head of the nearest door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dragon cloak is cool. But, you know, and it actually has to... You have, the dwarf sitting beside him has to have um, pushed forward a bit so the dragon will fit in the back of the base. Oh, yes. Hanging over. I've got it to work, though. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is one of those models that should have been on a twenty-five millimeter base at least. Mm. It's just one of the best models though I've ever owned. Speaking of base size, I can't think of many other twenty millimeter based models that are as expensive in points oh. as this guy. Man, that's why I love the dwarves. Yeah, yeah. four hundred and sixty-five points. He's uh, gonna set you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Pretty impressive, though. He's amazing, though. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll go through his stats here for us. He is movement 3, weapon skill 7, ballistic skill 4, strength 4, toughness 5, wounds 3, bracket 4, initiative 5, 4 attacks, and leadership 10. He is armed with the Axe of Dargo, wears the Dragon Cloak over Gromrel armor, and wears the Slayer Crown. So all of these things are special items. The Dragon Cloak bears the Master Rune of Spite, uh, gives him a 4-up ward save. A Rune of the Furnace, which is immune to fire attacks. Mm-hmm. And a Rune of Luck, one reroll per battle. So that is a nice runic item built in with three separate runes. The Axe of Dargo uh, is inscribed with the Master Rune of Smiting. Any enemy wounded by the Axe of Dargo after saves, etc., loses not one wound, but D6 wounds. Yeah. In addition, it bears a rune of parrying, which means that one model in base contact chosen by the dwarf player loses one attack in close combat. Uh, this has no effect against special attacks, such as fanatics or treemans, tree wax, etc. And then he has the Slayer Crown. This bears the rune of fortitude, uh, plus one wound, so that's where you get that bracket fourth wound. And a rune of stone, increasing his armor save to 3+, meaning he has a 3-up regular, 4-up ward. Finally, he has the special rule Slayer King. As the Slayer King, Ungrim is bound by the Slayer Oath. 
He benefits from the Slayer special rule as described on page 7 of the Dwarf Army book. He hates green skins and is unbreakable. The other Slayer rules do not apply. So this might be a good time. I know you guys have your Dwarf Army books. I don't have that first Dwarf Army book. Uh, so if one of you guys doesn't mind just mm -hmm. taking us through those Slayer special rules, because we're going to be hearing that a lot in this army. Everything has the uh, Slayer Oath. So um, Slayer Champions, any Slayer Regiment may have as many Giant Slayers, which is the champion level, as you wish. So they don't have the normal limitation of one champion per unit. I forgot about can, that. That's uh, so cool. Yeah, yeah, you can upgrade any Troll Slayer to a Giant Slayer, which gives him an extra weapon skill and an extra strength. Strength. And an extra initiative and an extra attack. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, they are unbreakable, which is just your regular rule, but despite that, they still hate greenskins. Uh, slayers are loners. Uh, that this pertains to the Demon Slayer and the Dragon Slayer, which are the Lord and Hero level, respectively. They can only fight either alone by themselves or join a unit of slayers, which in this army isn't really much of a problem, but that's something for your regular dwarf army to take into account. And they have the ability Slayer, and the ability Slayer is um, it's a it's a long paragraph, and it's saying that when you are rolling to wound, you use the uh, strength of a Slayer, including any modifiers for his weapon, and you increase it until it is equal to the toughness of the opponent up to a maximum of strength six. So if you're a Opponent's toughness is lower than the Slayer's strength, including modifiers, then you don't get any bonus. Uh, but if you are, and it's, it gives you an example here, uh, if you have a Slayer with a Great Axe, which takes it to strength 5, and he's fighting a Dragon of toughness 6, then he usually needs a four, uh, 5 plus to wound, but because of the Slayer rule, he needs a uh, his strength is increased, he needs a 4 plus to wound, and the armor save modifier is uh, also modified, so it's a minus 3 instead of a minus 2. Mm. So basically this just says you get your strength up to uh, what the opponent's toughness is if your strength is lower. And just so I understand that, that also increases the armor penetration value. Yes, yes, Oh my it does. goodness. That's where it gets wow. really good. Yeah, yeah. Because if so, you actually want to fight with the Un Ungrim anyway, you want to fight something with um, higher toughness because that D6 wounds oh, yeah. would be more yeah. effective on a 4 plus to wound with a bigger modifier, right? Yeah, I was thinking while yep. you were reading that, before you got to that point, I Ungrim's biggest downside here is, of course, I, and I knew about the, the strength you know, modifying. I didn't know about the armor penetration mm -hmm. uh, modifying. So I thought that maybe that was a weakness of his, where he's only strength four. That is not. I was no, I was, not at all. <laughs> I no. was mistaken. His, his weakness is like every other dwarf. His movement. His three. movement. Yeah. 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 Wow. But I think he's worth those points. Reading, yeah, with with those rules, I think he is. He's a terrifying thing to face. Like, don't put anything high toughness into it because he's gonna no. just take it to pieces. And with that yeah. D6 wound, you fail one save, you could lose pretty much any model in 6th edition. I don't know of many that yeah. have more than 6 wounds. That's brutal. <laughs> he, is, he is not messing around. There's so many characters in this book 
that are reminiscent of kind of the hero hammer era where you just yes. you look at them and you're just like this is terrifying this is legitimately that's a good terrifying point. it felt like kind of playing against that um when i played against shane it was very much like what what is that character your characters do that <laughs> you know oh my <laughs> god i have to deal with it. yeah it was they're very strong yeah what a great uh what a great suite of rules that they have too. those those slayer rules oh. yeah that's true yeah so uh, well maybe this is just me but uh why would you ever equip your slayers with uh great axes if they just up their strength it's it's, it's only for when you're fighting something with a lower toughness and right Lots of armor safe, right? So there so are reasons against like, it, uh, Bretonian knights. Exactly. Yeah, that's that. that's huge yeah. because the knights, uh, even the knights, if they charge you and you lose some attacks, the next round they're not hitting at higher strength, so you can actually do you can get your wounds back and possibly yeah, right. uh, tie or win combat that way. Yeah, Ooh. man, I don't want to play. Bretonians against this army i just realized <laughs> you can't break anything on the charge no and no, yeah no. if your opponent knows that you're taking bretonians it's going to be great weapons all the way down yeah and they're going to cut you to can, pieces because you can outmaneuver them you can change your you'd have to change your tactical uh play style of the bretonians you kind of want to have knights on one or two different flanks and try to just get in around on the side of them mm and which is hard because if you have a big line of knights, it's not great. Um, no. As I, because I had knights in my game, and I thought it was I had a big boss, and what happened was I knew I would get bogged down, and ex exactly what I was afraid of. By the time a combat was done, he had more slayers in my flank to charge. So I had slayers on the front, slayers on my right and left, and I was Ooh. just surrounded. And that's why they're good; they just don't break and run. So, yeah. Yeah. Maneuvering would be is the way, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, always the way, I guess. Against against dwarves, really. <laughs> against dwarves, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you can shoot them to death too, but that's Bretonians, true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, let's move on from Ungrim, who is, uh, as we've seen, an absolute beast, to his son, who is still a bit of a monster, but not quite as decked out as his dad. So Gar uh, Garagrim is 305 points, so expensive, but not quite uh, Ungrim level expense. He just takes up a single Lord choice, and he will be the army general unless you have also taken Ungrim. Garagrim is movement 3, weapon skill 6, ballistic skill 3, strength 4, toughness 5, 3 wounds, initiative 3, Four, bracket five attacks, and leadership ten. He is armed with the axes of Kadrin. He has slayer skills, uh, beast slayer, death blow, and vampire slayer. We'll see these coming up in a little bit. This is part of the army's optional equipment. And he has several special rules. He has the slayer special rules, the ones that we just went over. He has the axes of Kadrin. Chained to Garagrim's wrists so that he will never lose them, these twin axes were given to him by his father on his coming of age. And I, I do kind of wish that, like, when you turned 13 or 14 in modern culture, people would just give you, like, <laughs> incredible family heirloom weapons. 
I mean, I, I would I not have been trustworthy. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, 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 I got plenty of yeah, plenty of little jack knives or pocket yeah. knives over the years uh, from from my grandfather. Honestly, when but I was I never that got age, twin that... axes. No, but it, it to me it felt like that. <laughs> it, it did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got my yeah. first one when I was like seven or eight, and I was just yeah. like, "There's that part of you that is just like, I am not to be trusted with this." But there's also another yeah. part of you that's like, "I have a knife. It's this is true. so cool. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to whittle spears. Yeah. <laughs> no and, one and better mess is, with me." Uh, there is a um, uh, something you can do about that, Nathan, which is basically just start your own tradition by amassing lots of weapons and then uh, give them one by one to your children when, when they come of age. I mean, I don't hate that idea. I, I can it's... actually do that. I, I've got a couple of like replica swords and everything over the Beautiful. years. So, uh, yeah, I'll just wait until my daughters are old enough to play with them. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. My, my grandfather did actually make me wooden swords and a wooden shield. Oh, nice. uh, as a yeah. kid to play with the shield is incredible i i kept it to this day i actually have both of the swords and and the oh, shield man. and i kept it to this day because they're just like they're they're kind of keepsakes at this point and cool. uh definitely yeah yeah i i'll at least let my kid play with those uh if i don't have uh you know a uh forged replica of sting or something to give them so Ooh. we'll see uh, I, I don't know if anyone can uh, make it glow when orcs are near, but I, I, if I can find a company that'll that'll do that. Uh, <laughs> well, since I've never encountered an orc, you can say it glows when orcs are near. I can. That's perfect. <laughs> right. Orcs are fictional. I don't have to. What do you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, so back on Karagrim, <laughs> after yeah. that short interlude. Uh, yeah. So we, we've got the axes. Um uh, each inscribed with a grudge rune and the master rune of Scalf Blackhammer. Uh, if you wish, when Garagrim makes a charge, he may attack like a doomseeker rather than normally, including the effects of his axes, runes, and his slayer skills. In subsequent rounds, he can only attack as normal, uh, though he gains an extra attack for carrying the paired axes, as noted in his profile. So that's where that little bracket 5 came in. He makes his normal attacks for the purposes of death blow so gentlemen uh where i'm not as familiar with dwarves and some of our listeners may not be uh can i get a definition for the grudge rune and the master rune of scalf Blackhammer when you've got a second yes yeah. you can sure certainly uh i think it depends a bit at least for the scalf Blackhammer rune on which of the dwarf army books you have i've been looking over the engram iron fist items and i noticed he had a uh, Master Rune of Smithing, which was in the 6.5 Dwarves book, but not in the 6.0 book. But then he right, also cause... has a Rune of Burying, which I can't find in either book. So that's uh, that's uh, probably why they're they're described here, whereas yeah, some of yeah, the other some runes of them are unique. So some oh, that's really unique. interesting. So yeah, the, the Grudge Rune, according to the uh, 6.0 book, uh, you nominate one enemy character or monster at the beginning of the game, and the wielder may re-roll misses in close combat when attacking this enemy model. And multiple runes have no effects. Okay. And that's the same in the uh, 6.5 book. You may yep. re-roll misses in Ugh. close combat. That's and such I think a hard, this a goes hard for both to hit and to wound, because it yep. says re-roll misses. But mm. it's just against one model. And the mm. uh, Master Rune of Scalf Blackhammer in the 6.0 book is um, 
Any weapon bearing this rune will automatically wound if it hits. Roll hit as normal. No roll to wound is required, and you use the character's strength for a save modifier. Mm-hmm. And in the 6.5 book, it's uh, wound the target on a 2 plus based on the target's toughness. This strength is also used as a modifier to armor saves. So okay. against a toughness 4 target, you need a strength 6 for a 2 plus, and so it counts as if you're having strength 6. Okay. This is basically the Slayer rule, but um, uh, instead of on winning on a 4 plus, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. winning yeah. on a 2 plus. Yeah, I do like that 6.5 definition a little bit better, I think. Yeah. yeah. So if it should, fits with the Slayers better, but... Uh, we should just mention this right quick, because that's kind of a big deal which book you're going to use as your base yeah. for this. I didn't realize... Well, so 6.5 was made later in uh, 6th edition. It was and at, now at that the I'm thi- very end of 6th edition, yeah. It was yeah. 2005. I had to look this up before yes. the, the show because I wasn't sure which so, dwarf book this went off of. So this would have went off of that very first dwarf yeah, book. Yeah, I think so, indeed. Okay, right. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think by by rules is intended you should probably use the the first dwarf book of sixth edition if you're running this army although i don't know that anyone's going to necessarily mind if you've just got the 6.5 there's some differences as we pointed out and some things are probably better but this is also an army that is a very niche army that whilst being very potent in some ways has a lot of downsides so i don't see it as a game breaking if you want to use a wood elf army could pick that that army apart with shooting oh yeah you'd never touch anything uh, yeah. Even even with that movement speed boost, uh, but but we'll get to a unit that can do damage soon. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, fewer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Finally, we have for Garagrim the War Mourner. As War Mourner, it is Garagrim's duty to tend to the Shrine of Grimnir, allowing him to open up the temple store of ancient rune axes left as tribute by slayers making a pilgrimage to Karak Kedrin. Giant slayers in an army led by Garagrim may be given a single wound, rune weapon worth no more than 25 points. The rule of pride still applies to these weapons. Remember that a model with rune axes loses the normal benefits of a great weapon or additional hand weapon. That is Garagrim. What do we think of him? He's he's not as impressive as his father, certainly. Yeah. It's really cool, the rules that he... It's almost like he's a... You know, he buffs. Mm. But he doesn't have a ward save. That's the issue. Yeah, 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 I don't love three wounds at toughness five for 305 points with no other defensive options. At the same time, you put him in a unit. Mm. um, It's hard to pick him out. Yeah, I I don't think he's not. I I would use him in a like a big unit. um, Yeah, he's he's really hard to pick off with tough five. And five attacks is nothing to uh, sneer at. As well as that fact that he can do the Doom Seeker thing on the first round of combat, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Beast so. Slayer, Death Blow, and Vampire Slayer as well. Yeah, do we want to hit on those? I guess we could those hit are, on those quickly. Yeah, well, yeah those uh, are important. So, yeah, so Beast Slayer. Uh, each wound inflicted by the Slayer counts double towards that round's combat resolution. So that's a big deal. That's so good. That's actually yes. a really... I, I just like started liking him a lot more <laughs> after reading Beast Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's also got Vampire Slayer. Against enemies with toughness 5 or higher, any unsaved wound inflicted by the Slayer becomes D6 wounds. So that's a bit that's... of his dad's thing going on yeah. there. Yeah. And 
he had what was the last one death blow right yeah death blow yeah uh if the slayer is killed in close combat he immediately makes all of his attacks before being removed as a casualty so that's another five attacks that's eighth edition rule right there Ooh, that is okay you know what i'm back on the garagrim train yeah yeah we're leaving the station this is this guy's good (laughs) i like him now if you don't kill him, if you, like, say you have a character that charges him, you need to take him out mm-hmm. and right away. Yeah. Because well, he's if he doesn't kill you in return, he will death blow you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he gets to attack in a turn and then dies, yeah, exactly. that's 10 attacks that he's making just by himself. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, and with Beast Slayer, where his, his wounds, like, he can win combats on his own almost. Like, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Does, does Ungrim have any of those? I don't think so. Ooh, man. I don't, I don't know. think so, no. I might be shifting over to him over the, just because of the amount of damage. Because you know Slayers are going to die anyway. You do. So yeah. why not do it in style and get 10 attacks while you're doing I it? I mean, that, there's an argument yeah. there. Well, yeah. He's also going to be a general. Um, so right. Well, that, that's the point you're giving up. That's true. It doesn't really matter that's much true. with the uh, unbreakable and psychology yeah. stuff that's going on. I think I think he's a wrecking ball, though. He yeah. definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Ungrim, I really like his staying power, especially yeah, for an army too. where armor saves are not a thing they've heard of. A three up regular, right. four up ward is is pretty nice. Four wounds. He could make it through a battle and oh, not wounds. give away any of those. Yeah, uh, general points. I like them both, honestly. I think it just depends on how you wanna how you wanna play it. Well, if you play both of them, then it's like, whoa! <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. If you play both of them, you ha- you stop worrying about Garagrim, yeah. right? Because yeah. He's no then then you just uh, send him in like uh, the missile that he is, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. See what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go get him, son. <laughs> yeah. He just goes in. All right, gentlemen. Let's keep this train going. Now we're on the. Uh, slayer doom seekers so after Let's centuries just skip these guys they depress me <laughs> centuries of watching night goblin fanatics just smash everything to pieces the dwarves are like oh you know what we could do that <laughs> this and is the best yeah so oh we get God. we get ourselves a doom seeker they are absolutely wild uh models that you could never ever keep together because I don't know why Games Workshop decided that this was a the best way to represent them model wise, but those chain axes, oh boy, I don't think I ever saw a Doom Seeker that was actually fully built. Like one, at least one of the axes was always gone. Uh, however, that They're being beautiful. said, they are fantastic looking, and they have some interesting stats and uh, crazy abilities here. So Doomseeker is movement 3, weapon skill 5, ballistic skill 1, strength 5, toughness 4, 2 wounds, initiative 2, attacks of special, and leadership 10. Whenever you see attacks of special, you know you're going to have a fun unit. And the first thing that they note are that they are single models. Do- Slayer Doomseekers are independent models which move as single characters on foot and can only be targeted using the shooting at characters rules. So some interesting stuff there. They hate green skins. They are unbreakable. And most importantly, they have whirlwind of death. So Doomseekers plow recklessly into the enemy. 
whirling their weapons madly around their heads. They do not attack normally in close combat. Instead, before any attacks are made, even if the enemy charged, and including chariot impact hits and other special attacks Boo. that always go first. <laughs> Every enemy model in base contact with one or more Doom Seekers takes an automatic hit. Other enemy touching one or more models in base contact with a Doom Seeker each take a hit on a roll of 4+. Resolve rolls to wound and so on as usual. Survivors may attack the Doom Seeker as normal, except that his whirling blades always mean that the enemy are at a minus 1 to hit. Against units consisting of only a single model, including mounted monsters and chariots, Doomseekers inflict D3 automatic hits on each such unit in combat. Oh boy, guys, this is a wild, wild unit. Mm. What do we think of these rules? Because I kind of love them. I, I think they they did exactly what they needed to do to make these guys effective. Maybe not overwhelming, but such a such a an annoyance kind of like fanatics but mm. far more reliable because of course there's They're no better. random movement yeah. what i um, like oh go yeah, ahead go scott ahead. no 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 go ahead what i like about these guys is the fact that they're 20 millimeter bases. Mm -hmm. And when you first read it, you're thinking, okay, well, they're not going to be able to hit much except for that ability to hit enemies in contact with those. And if you, if you're somehow lucky enough to get the charge off with a doom seeker with his sweet movement of three, you can at least uh, line him up against two models in the front rank. And so that's actually a lot of potential hits. I mean, it's two automatics and then it's, if they're 20 millimeter bases, right? That's uh, one, two, three, four. Well, if they're 20 well, millimeter so bases, you, you yeah. want to put uh, it dead center you, and you hit three guys. Three guys, yeah. Two corner to corner, and then you have one in the. Oh, right. I'm forgetting center. corner so to corner. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, corner to corner counts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you got, um, assuming the unit is five wide, because that's what you need. You got uh, one, two, and uh, the entire second rank. So that's that's uh, ten models you're hitting, uh, three automatic and seven on a four plus. Mm -hmm. And if they are larger bases, and uh, you can hit two of them, then you've got two automatic and uh, one, <coughs> two, three, four, five, six on a four plus. Yeah. It, so yeah, that's hear... uh, pretty decent. So 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 it's it's oh, like it's uh, say that the four plus is uh, basically fifty percent hit and fifty percent miss. Then uh, you, you're talking five automatic hits at a strength of five. So that's uh, yeah, pretty pretty decent. And that's uh, before anything else happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's sinister about these guys is their toughness four with two wounds. Mm -hmm. So even if you if you charge them, and assuming they don't kill your whole front rank, which is entirely possible, you may not have enough models left to to see them off. <laughs> which is yeah. is the worst. You could have a one slayer holding up a whole regiment because he just he's you can't touch him uh and then of course there's the minus one to hit so he's once he gets into combat he's actually really hard to get rid of yeah and and he's so, weapon skill five so that's usually hitting on at least four plus for most units yeah anyway. they have it's they five have, plus um, i think what the most important takeaway from them is that they're core yes 
why why are they core are they okay. really i didn't so if you want to hear oh yeah they're core okay the story of me i've never faced this army before i meet shane we're going to battle he goes over his army and uh you want to hear my voice start to go higher pitched when they talk about <laughs> doom seekers what do you mean they have and by the way when we just broke down how they work if you don't play against them um yeah you look it's different on paper than off paper he had five of them oh that's so many okay so <laughs> take what we just talked about and now you have five of them and the way he positioned them was as you would like a it was almost like he played them like a wizard hiding behind units oh okay and we have to remember because i you know i couldn't shoot or pick them we have to remember slayers don't break so all he did and it was brilliant he marched his army forward got me dug in stuck in combat and then took the doom seekers in afterwards and charged <laughs> it was it was he they they were the best in my opinion after seeing them that is the best unit in this entire roster and partly to do with core and a number of them they were just oh they were just so hard on my head yeah you, you pretty much use them as detachments uh, almost yep. so exactly teams, uh, he killed yeah. he killed two of my three vampires with them um, and just, we ended up tying that game. Um, but those doom seekers are the scariest thing in the, in the army. I, I was so scared of them. And yeah, after he said, oh yeah, and their core, I'm like, what? The? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there, so, there are a few minor restrictions. You can't have more than half of your core choices be doom seekers. Right. But that said, up to three of them count as a single core choice. Exactly doesn't matter so yeah yeah, yeah. wow so we're thinking yeah, you can 60... have just uh, lots of, of small slayer units if you want more doom seekers mm. yeah they're they're basically a little hero that are like okay you charge them you get hit first they charge you you get hit per, like it's yeah they're just really good yeah yeah you you need shooting or magic to be able to to take them out but with the character targeting rules yeah it's it, hard. that's that's very hard right it's 65 points per model which i think sounds like a lot if you don't realize the things they can get up to yeah no uh yeah i i like them a lot i think they're they're really really good really fun unit and yes. uh, even though they're ripping off my beautiful night goblin fanatics we'll forgive them for it well, at least they call it, they even admitted it, though. <laughs> they, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, you say take them out by magic, but just wait until we get to the uh, rules for the Slayer army. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. See, see what they're doing with the Dispel Dice. Oh, man. Yeah. I, My I, voice went high-pitched again. Just like, oh, <laughs> man. P playing, playing Jesse's Dwarves in, in our Storm of Chaos campaign... Oh, cool. I just shouldn't have brought a wizard. I just shouldn't have. I could have, I could have spent the points on <laughs> no. something else. Anything else. Yeah. I just... You, was why it's funny awful. you'd say that is that if you don't bring a wizard your your dwarf uh opponent's like i have seven dispel dice and you're like whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah i have no magic yeah you know what uh, though it was it actually did i i i say that i shouldn't have but it actually came in handy because he had an anvil of doom and i got oh, really lucky on some dispels ah, yeah. Yeah. otherwise that thing would have no, uh, done right. some some mischief 
you're kind of forced into taking magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So our next page is a little bit of a break between rules here. We get a, a nice little vignette of uh, some dwarf slayers fighting chaos spawns. It's a fun little one. If uh, you're looking for kind of the dwarf slayer point of view, it's uh, it's a entertaining little story, if not a little dark. <laughs> then we get on to the one and only war machine in this army, and that is Malachi Mackison's Goblin Hewer. And this is just a brilliant little wonderful axe-throwing yeah. device. What I love about this war machine is so often in the Warhammer worlds, you look at a war machine and you're just like, I have to suspend my disbelief to see how this thing works, right? Some of them are just a little bit ludicrous. I mean, cannons and stuff, sure. Uh, the volley gun, like you get it in principle. This thing is, like, you, you see how exactly how this thing works. And it's wonderful. It's basically a, like a drive chain. He's got little scoops that, that pick up axes off of a uh, conveyor and just huck them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful in its simplicity. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so much fun. I love the idea, too, of the uh, dwarf slayer engineer is, is such a yeah. cool idea. And uh, he's a fun character, too. You, you meet him in, I believe, some of the Felix and Gotrek books. Nice. And uh, yeah, he the Spirit of Grungi uh, is his airship that he built, which is kind of a Zeppelin. And you you actually get Felix and Gotrek up on that and uh, flying over the Chaos Waste. I'm, I'm not sure in what book, but it's it's in one of them. If you're if you're reading through the Felix and Gotrek books, you'll get to it. It's not it's not one of the later ones because I've only read the first six or seven and there is like a million of them. So um yeah yeah the goblin hewer is a wonderful little war machine we have we have malachi who is a bit of a, a hero level character he's he's what you would think uh if you crossed a, a dwarf engineer with a a slayer and he's got two I, slayer i hate him i hate him so much oh yeah <laughs> he you know how dwarves have the book of grudges well my army of sylvania has the a grudge against this guy. Uh, <laughs> I'll, exp I'll explain after you're done okay. with the special stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Malachi is pretty neat himself. He has a great weapon, but he also has a repeating dwarf handgun that has multiple shots times three, which is a lot of fun. So he can Sick. add some, uh, some extra firepower to your army just all on his own. So for the special rules, they have Slayers, of course. Engineer for Malachi... Although seriously deranged and sworn to the Slayer Oath, Malachi is still a formidable expert in black powder, <laughs> mechanics, and construction. He follows all of the rules for a normal dwarf engineer. However, he is part of the crew and must stay with the Goblin Hewer just like any other War Machine crew member. I love that he has those, those benefits of being an engineer. So, uh, Then we get into the Goblin Hewer itself. This is a War Machine for all purposes. When it fires, nominate a target unit which is within range and line of sight and roll to hit as normal, using Malachi's ballistic skill if he is still alive and not firing his repeating handgun. His ballistic skill is 5, by the way. The spinning axe blades inflict a variable number of hits depending on the number of ranks in the target unit. Roll a d3 for every rank the target has. This is the total number of wound rolls you should make. That is wild. Busted. For four, for four <laughs> ranks, you're rolling four D3. That Busted. is a tremendous <laughs> yeah. amount of hits. Yeah. At ballistic skill, 
Like, it just, yeah. It's the save modifier that kills you. Yeah. Uh, if the goblin hewer is in the flank of a unit, then the number of models in the widest rank is counted as the number of ranks for this purpose. <laughs> don't, don't show this thing your flank. No. Uh, for example, a unit of four ranks that is uh, four ranks deep that is hit by the goblin hewer takes 43 hits. If it were six models wide and hit in the flank, it would suffer 63 hits. Casualties are allocated just like normal shooting hits. If firing at a single model or skirmishers or other target that does not use rank, inflict D3 hits. And it's so effective. Don't do that, kids. Yeah, don't do that. The Goblin Hewer is affected by the loss of crew in the same way as a bolt thrower. Now, it is range 48, strength 4, with a save modifier of minus 2. Nice. Ooh, that is it's so brutal. good. That yeah. is, you just hew Chaos Warriors to pieces with this thing. Yeah. So it's good. It's brutal. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, some, it's like even picking away knights, right? Oh, yeah. Like, knights yeah. with one wound, you're, you know, you're probably saving on a four up. Yeah. At best. I love this thing. It's 130 points. That's, like, that's, that's an auto include. That's a I don't, it's all, yeah. yeah. It is zero to one choice, so you only can have one in the army. But I'm always having one. <laughs> like yeah, if I'm taking course. this army, I'm never not <laughs> it's, having it. It's you can't you can't not take it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild, wild. It's good. cool as heck. And the model when Shane put it down, I was like, this is really cool. It's a really cool model. Like it is, the, yeah. The dwarves you can see in the picture the guy holding the axe. I want to go through yeah, Shane's the, collection someday. I just see him on the chat and he's always posting just he, he picks up like the rarest things yeah and then he's he just like oh I, you know i bought it to have it kind of thing he's collected like, oh 100 percent yeah i i and really love to just spend a day uh picking through his collection and yeah and just marveling over it all the odds model here and there mm-hmm. if you go on um our <laughs> facebook group you'll see um you'll see pictures of i surrounded the goblin here with dire wolves so in my army i can summon wolves from a table edge and of course i was i had no other option i had to surround the machine so first wave of wolves come out so i have one uh you roll d3 and double the amount you get of wolves coming out with the build i had so there was four ended up four on his right side of the Cure, and then three on the other side. So you can't charge in the turn, but he used the cure, uh, took maybe a knight out of... He had no unit to target, really, other than my knights. I think he took a knight out or, you know, nothing serious. So then I charged... At the other turn, I charged. I took out the um, the crew, but not Malachi on the first... Right on the first go. I was like, yeah, sweet. And then uh, if you go down and look at the pictures in the description, one, but somebody commented, I wish I remember the name uh, in our group there. Uh, I said, the dire wolf surround the, in charge the goblin here. And the guy posted underneath, poor dire wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't even wrong. I charged a total of, it was four, three, 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 so three, six, four, thirteen direwolves could not take out Malachi. Oh, <laughs> and forever that'll be this under my skin. I'm like, oh, I mean, it, and it's not even like it. The direwolves did their job. 
he couldn't shoot the goblin hewer mm-hmm. at all. But man, did I ever want to kill Malachi because it it could have won me the game because we we ended up drawing and that would have been oh, 130 okay. points in my favor. Oh yeah, that'd be enough to to swing it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it was just. He doesn't Mal- even have a save. It doesn't matter. He's an. <laughs> <laughs> now let's 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 be fair here as well. That dire wolves maybe not. They're the not be all and end all of you no. know powerful powerful units, but and they don't need to true. be for what I need. Oh it no, to do. no. I mean, usually, yeah. like seeing off a war machine crew, that's yeah, that's one unit of like five wolves, right? You're you're done. It, it was just funny. <laughs> it was just I had the the direwolf first charge like i had the impetus to just i was like yeah i'll keep going and take this out no problem then the direwolves will be able to go on the loose and then take out those doom seekers or try Mm. or slow down something because on the charge they get a plus one bonus to the slavering charge bonus right strength so once i get locked in my strength got down to three and then malachi's like haha i'm insane (laughs) slaying (laughs) slaying wolves and oh my god yeah what what a what a time. That was a great game. Well, how many war machines do you run into d- that have a hero as a crewman, right? right? That's that's yeah, what, exactly. what gets you. Yeah. It's fun. This thing this thing's wild. Uh, one thing I wanted to before we get off the goblin hewer cuz I know we're getting a little bit uh late on time here and we're doing what we did last time which was going through like 3 or 4 pages in an hour. The <laughs> the goblin hewer can also be used in an empire army. In which yes. case it counts and, as a and in a regular rare. dwarf. Uh, yeah, army. yeah. So. Where does it say that? Yeah, just it's uh, on uh, page sixty-nine. It's it's a regiment of renown that can be taken by emperor. Oh, I see. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, so is... even if you have one of those goblin hewers and you're not playing the uh, Slayer Cult army, that's list, really cool. Yeah, bring then, it anyway. Yeah, bring it anyway, and, and then really get yourself cool. some Slayers to play the Slayer Cult army. I list. did not know that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's going to do it for our special units here. Now let's get into special rules quickly, and then we'll finish up with a little bit of a look at the army list itself. The most important, I can't even say the most important, because there's a lot of really good special rules on this page. We're on page 67 here. But the very first one is a very important one for an army that does not move quickly. It's called Look Snorry Trolls. And this is taken directly from a beautiful little story in the fourth edition empire book i believe it was a felix and gotrek story where they join up with an empire army for a battle and this line is uttered by gotrek and snorri goes off and finds a glorious death uh by i think getting crushed under a troll that he kills so (laughs) if you're wondering where that name comes from that is where that comes from and if you want to hear it, I actually did it on the podcast for the uh, Christmas story episode. Right. Uh, so check that out. But yep. this is a vital rule for your dwarves. After deployment, but before the first player's turn, the Slayer army surges forward. Each unit and character moves directly ahead 2d6. Units may make only a single wheel during this movement, and only if it is necessary to avoid terrain or another unit. And this special rule ignores terrain modifiers, except impassable terrain. So you could set your dwarfs up on difficult terrain, knowing that they're going to surge ahead 2d6 anyway, and get off That's that awesome. terrain, which is really nice. Yeah. I love this rule. I think it's it's absolutely necessary for a dwarf army, or this dwarf army, uh, since you're only going to have the the one artillery piece. And yeah, it's it's 
It's so cool. It's, it's very thematic too, right? This book think nailed it, the themed special rules right, that were also yeah. very Yeah, took the words good. right out of my mouth. Yeah. It's just perfect. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have A Glorious Death. And this is another one of those thematic rules. This Slayer army, if they survive the battle, that is a bit of a failure for them. <laughs> so uh, keep a note of the number of models slain in close combat by enemies with a strength and or toughness of five or more before modifications. Each slayer killed by such a worthy enemy adds 10 victory points to the slayer army's total. This includes impact hits from chariots or monsters with similar attacks, but not to the crew or riders of chariots and monsters unless they themselves are strength or toughness five or more. Again, it could, it could swing a battle or it could get you that draw if it was a close loss or maybe that victory if it was you know a a close draw again just thematic won't always come into play but when it does you'll love it i was funny we looked at that and i was like good thing my vampire thralls are tough four (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah you would have been giving them tons yeah (laughs) yeah uh and then what gj mentioned earlier the dispel dice yes even more so than other dwarf slayers are resolutely resolutely refuse to concede to the airy fairy magic used by other races <laughs> and their sheer force of will is often enough to thwart the spells cast at them i love that it's not even some it's not even like the you know the the normal dwarven kind of resistance to magic they just they just say no they're just no yeah. you, you will not <laughs> you will not kill me with this uh so like all dwarf armies the slayer army generates four dispel dice in the opponent's magic phase in addition they generate one extra dispel dice each for one uh, for each 1,000 points being played, so plus one dice at 1,000, plus two at 2,000, and so on. Again, this is kind of a necessary thing for your army, where you are not going to be taking runesmiths or the Anvil of Doom or anything like that, and it still makes them pretty formidable with dispelling magic, unless you're an army that has just completely gone mm-hmm. super magic heavy, which isn't usually a good idea in 6th edition anyway. And finally, we have First Among Slayers. This just is for your army general. So usually dwarf slayer characters cannot lead armies. This is just saying that they can. Specifically, the demon slayers are your lords for this army. Then we have, we get into something a little different, which is slayer skills. A slayer hero may be given one of the following slayer skills. While a Slayer Lord may be given up to two Slayer skills. These are in addition to the points allowance for rune weapons. I love that this that's doesn't awesome. eat into yeah. their yeah. yeah their weapon allowance. You'll see this come, you know, that's where... It's almost like the Storm of Chaos rules, some of the rules evolved into 8th edition even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do get <clears throat> that kind of feel, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we've gone through some of the Slayer rules since garagrim has i think three of the five which yeah. is impressive <laughs> wow uh so we went through death blow killing blow is a very simple one it gives the slayer the killing blow ability so it could be useful we did beast slayer we did vampire slayer and the last one is skaven slayer and this one has two points cost one for a dragon slayer one for a demon slayer the number of attacks the Slayer has is multiplied by the number of enemy models in base contact, up to a maximum of 10. This may not be further increased with additional hand weapons, etc. There is no effect if the Slayer is involved in the challenge. So this is... Oh, it's a little wild. You can get... It's not hard to get up to that 10, really. Shane had no, that. No. He got to 10 
just yeah, yeah. It was brutal on my knights. Well, your demon slayer's got four attacks base, right? Yeah. So yeah. if he's yeah, so in, you, so you just need three models and base contact, or, yeah. or two models and an additional yeah. land weapon or something, and uh, brutal. You're at nine already. Yeah, just absolutely insane. That I love. Uh, last things on this page, uh, we have the Wards of Grimnir. Some slayers are covered in protective tattoos that ward away enemy magic. They have the magic resistance one, which can be. Uh, can also be used on any spell casts by a wizard within six inches or targeted within six oh, inches of the model. Interesting. A Slayer character can be given that Ward of Grimnir for 30 points, and that does come out of their uh, rune allowance. Yeah, you're and probably not going to see that used much. Probably not. And then yeah. finally, no. we have the Master Rune of Grimnir, which is a runic standard. Forged only by the runesmiths of Karak Kadrin, the Rune of Grimnir projects an aura of dwarfishness that is so strong it can deflect <laughs> arrows and even cannonballs. Any friendly unit within 12 inches of the standard gains a 5-plus ward save against any ranged attack. 50 points for a 5-up ward against That's ranged attacks? Uh, yeah, yeah, depending on who you're yeah. facing. And, and, it, and it bubbles, so it's not even yeah. just a unit. It's, the, yeah, it's uh, everything within uh, 12 inches. Yeah, you want to make my yeah. hell cannon feel bad. That is the way to do it. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love th this page. I love. I love everything on this page. It's all so well designed. It's all really good, and it's all super thematic. That is all for the special weapons here. So we are going to just quickly hit on the army list itself. There's a lot of things here that are the same as they are in the dwarf book. Yeah. So we won't we won't linger on them long, but we will talk about. There is a special unit uh, called the Brotherhood of Grimnir, which we'll talk a little bit about, and of course, Long Drawn Slayer Pirates. But first up, for your lords, you have a Demon Slayer, which is pretty great. What is interesting about these guys, too, is when you go through the heroes here, the Demon Slayer and the Dragon Slayer, and you look at their options, it's really funny because with dwarves, you're used to just so much, right? Because they got their runic stuff, they got their all their armor and then yeah. that kind of thing. And you, you read the options for the, your lord choice here, the, uh, oh. the demon slayer, and it's may choose either a great weapon for six points or an additional hand weapon for six points. May choose runic items from the dwarf weapon list to a total of 100 points. And that's it. <laughs> that's your, <Yeah>. those <laughs> your options. Uh. This is, by the way, our, our definite confirmation that you have to use the 6.0 book with these right. rules because they say, uh, it says right there. for the special rules, look at dwarfs page 7. Yep. Wow. Right. There you go. Page Good seven. point. Yeah. And okay. it's only so, in the uh, 6.0 book that the slayers are discussed on page 7. Yeah. So, and okay. you're only you're, ever going to be looking at ruins anyway. Mm -hmm. And you probably, yeah. yeah, you should probably just use that, that first that first earlier book then because yeah these this, are very specific page listings oh yeah so it and this, this whole army supersedes anything that the either of them do it's like they're better oh yeah 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 fighters yeah. So, yeah so your lord is a demon slayer and these are the same stat lines that you'll find in the dwarf book but of course where they're in here you've got those choices of having the uh, slayer skills which is where i would be spending points because mm -hmm. those slayer skills are so good they're yeah. so so good uh, so hero is the dragon slayer, and those are your only two character choices. Your core units, you have troll slayers for eleven points. Well, uh, oh, sorry. One go ahead. thing about the uh, dragon slayer, uh, contrary to the regular dwarf army book, you can have a dragon slayer BSB. It says here. Oh, thank you. Yes, I Whoa. missed that. Yeah, good point. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So if you want to take so that uh, runic standard, which yeah, well, I would... you can also give it to the Brotherhood of Grimnir, but. Um, other than that, uh, 
that's oh. the place you want to put that runic stab at. Weird. I'm just thinking, I guess it's a way to get more banners? Or is there only one banner available to the Slayer army? Well, now you have, of course, the uh, regular um, Dwarf army book. You can't, right, okay. Items. Cool. Because uh, you wouldn't really weapons need... Weapons and banners, yeah. You don't need a, a battle standard bearer at all. No, but the upgrade is free anyway. So cool. you yeah, can yeah, just... Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm just, just going to take up an extra character slot. But other yeah. than that... In, from a tactical, technical point of view, I wouldn't take one because it gives up a lot of points for victory. Yeah, the, the only reason you want to do that is if you want to put a uh, magic banner on him. Yeah, if you've got a specific play in mind with, yeah, with totally. one of those. Yeah. So core units, we've got our Troll Slayers at 11 points. You know them, you love them. They're going to be most of your army. Uh, you have Doom Seekers, which we have uh, talked about ad nauseum, who you also now know and love. <laughs> and then we get into special units. And so this one isn't a special unit that got a specific entry like the Goblin Hewer or the Doom Seekers. These guys are called the Brotherhood of Grimnir. They are 14 points per models, and they are still slayers. They have the same basic profile, I believe, except an extra point of initiative. And an extra point of strength. Oh, and an extra point of strength. Okay, so somehow yeah. I, I eagle-eyed that initiative, but when I was looking through here, I was just like, nope, strength four. So yeah, strength four yeah. is nice. Uh, of course, slayers still have that slayer rule, so you know it, 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 it helps you a little bit, but it's not, it's not a crazy upgrade for them. They can take that runic standard worth up to 50 points. So if you don't want the BSB, but you do want that sweet, sweet uh, rune of Grimnir, you can do that with them. And uh, they also have the wards of Grimnir built in, uh, which goes away to explaining their, their extra cost as well as the, the extra strength and initiative. I like these guys a lot. I yeah. think I would... They're not zero to one either, so you can you can take quite a few oh, of cool. these. And I love yeah. the way that they were painted for yeah. the mm -hmm. army snapshot, where half of their hair is the classic Slayer orange and half is black, because, of course, they don't have special models to represent this unit. They're still using exactly. the Slayer models, but they paint wanted jobs. to yeah. do, this, do justice. Yeah, and, and it actually is an incredibly cool-looking paint scheme. It's really good. It is, yeah. yeah. Love those. I uh, love what they did with the Doom Seekers as well, where they did the kind of celtic almost looking like yeah. face yeah, tattoos braveheart, and, uh, yeah braveheart thank you that's exactly what i was looking yeah. for not celtic so before we get on long drawings gj you also mentioned that the doom seekers have the wards of grimnir yeah it's here in the uh, army list section it's not in their rules description but they also have those uh, um have that extra uh, magic resistance so that's Basically, putting a stake through the heart of your yep. uh, I'm going to kill them with magic plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As if, as if, because you're, you're probably playing at 2,000 points. You're looking at six dispel dice plus the natural magic resistance of seven, several of these units. It's so, yeah. it's so rough so to try and kill these things. I had, I had a heavy magic army when I played against them. I took Manfred von Karstein. He can cast for free. Um, with the Army Sylvania, you'll find out in the future, you can also get bound spells all over the place. And he was able to shut most of it all down. <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising. Mm. Yeah. 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 With, with what we've read today. 
All right, one last unique unit, zero to one. It is Longdrong's Slayer Pirates, kind of like our orc list with Ruglin's Armored Orcs. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that these guys found a home here. They are 195 points for Longdrong himself, including a Standard Bearer and a Musician, and then seven Slayer Pirates. You can have up to 30 models in the unit, and each additional Dwarf Slayer costs 12 points, so not actually much more than your standard Slayer. They have the same profile, the Slayer Pirates, as your regular Slayers. Longdrong is a uh, hero-level character. I just really want to quickly mention the equipment and the special rules here. (laughs) Equipment, lots of pistols, lots and lots of pistols. That's one of the best. Uh, Paint me a world picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this, it. Tells me everything I need to know about this unit. Yeah. And then in the special rules, they have the Slayer special rules, but then they have easily, I think, the best name of a special rule in maybe Warhammer Fantasy's history: festooned with pistols, <laughs> which is a word that I desperately need to incorporate in my life. <laughs> more. Yeah, your daily vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I am festooned uh, with homework right now. I love it. Uh, all pirates, including Longdrong, gain an additional attack because they are fighting with a pistol in each hand, since they are festooned with pistols that they shoot off in a hurricane of destruction. All of their attacks are considered to be strength four with armored piercing. So they will fire, it, they can fire, of course, their pistols in the shooting phase, but also if you fight them in close combat, they're just fighting yeah. with their pistols. They're just shooting yeah. with their pistols the whole time. Pop, pop, uh, pop. The pirates carry so many pistols yeah. that they never need to reload and therefore always count the pistols bonuses in every round of combat that is festooned with pistols yeah, yeah. and i'll just well, say that's oh, basically the way it, it it went down historically uh yep. especially with those one-shot pistols but also later in the like the wild west era where you had the six shooters oh yeah you, you just no uh, you, you don't have time to reload no so you you basically more pistols grab more pistols and, yeah. and grab more revolvers and when one is empty, then you move on to the next one, and uh, you hope you have you survived the battle, and then uh, <laughs> you'll reload later. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, to my shame, gentlemen, I, I should mention this is also a unit that I have owned at one point and sold, oh, and I deeply, you know deeply regret it. <laughs> you don't. You shouldn't tell us this, these things. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. I, but I want to be the cautionary tale for all of our listeners to say, don't, oh, yeah. true. don't do Good it. Point. No, it's don't. Worth never, it. never do that. Never That's do that. Point. Yeah. Finally, in rare units, we have the Goblin Hero, who we talked about, who at 130 points is an absolute steal. I believe this army. What a what a great just idea that they had for this what a wonderful fun thing that this is and every time i i look at it it always just makes me happy that this existed and that people still have this army and yep. play with it it's totally, it's man. fantastic all right uh, gentlemen it's a, a beautiful army I, i've got lots of yes. slayers and i do want to paint them up at some point and i think contrast paints are going to be the way to do it but Ooh, um yeah. yeah definitely looking forward to that great stuff yeah i think contrast made for stuff like this you got just skin and hair right it's great that's fantastic that's a great point i'm finding a lot of um older models and uh with the smaller details like lizard man and stuff i really love contrast nice nice all right gentlemen thank you so much this was every bit as fun as i thought it was going to be what a fantastic force and join us next time when 
we continue to part 767 of our look at Storm of Chaos, where we're going to jump into some of the scenarios there and start jumping into the army lists that are maybe less well-defined than these ones that we've been talking about, the additional army section. But that's not going to stop us spending entire episodes on no. one list. You can bet it sure won't. I know I've got Scott penciled in for that uh, <laughs> Army of Sylvania. <laughs> oh, man. And again for the it, yeah. Cult of Slanesh. So stay tuned for those. As always, thanks so much for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a 5-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The Wargames Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs>